Hi, I'm Katie Marquette, and you're listening to Born of Wonder. And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. Welcome to Born of Wonder. I'm Katie Marquette. So happy to be joining you here in September, officially in September. We're out of August. We're out of summer. I know it's not officially the first day of fall. Believe me, I know that because temperatures are going to be about 100 degrees all week. So I don't love that. But because it's the last desperate gasp of summer here, I can deal with it. And uh, everybody's going back to school if they haven't already. If you have kids, maybe uh, they started this week or last week. If you're homeschooling, maybe you're uh, jumping back into things. Um, My kids are obviously too little for school, um, though Jojo does go to nature preschool a couple mornings a week, and that resumes this week as well. So uh, that back-to-school energy uh, is in the air. Um, I always think of You've Got Mail and how he would send her a, a bouquet of fresh sharpen pencils if he knew her name and address what could be more romantic than that and I've been thinking a lot about back to school and um, I think it's a huge part of why I love this time of year is that I loved back to school shopping I loved going to Office Depot with my list of supplies and getting my fresh group of binders and composition notebooks and pencils and pens and having them all neatly laid out uh, ready to go ready to go in my you know either new or at least clean backpack and uh, there was just this sense of possibility in the air that you know this was the year when I was really gonna be organized and be on top of everything um, whether it was, uh, you know, in elementary school uh, or in, um, in, in as a college student or something like that. And of course, you get to see your friends again. There's sort of this uh, just resuming of, of what seems more like uh, a scheduled life. Um, you know, summer is full of uh, travel and um, maybe a vacation or two. And uh, if you're, you know, going to school, you're off from school. Maybe if you're working, you take your vacation days in the summer and, you know, everybody's schedule's up in the air. So maybe you see some people more than you usually do, other people less. But in any case, September and going back to school sort of resumes that schedule. So I loved being a student. I loved it so much. I loved college. I loved graduate school. I, you know, very strongly considered going on to law school or onto more academic degrees, but uh, it just didn't make sense um, in any situation. It didn't make sense at all for me to keep doing that. But there's something about, um, you know, that that, that energy uh, that I wanted to continue to capture um, because I miss I miss going back to school. I really miss it actually. Um, maybe someday I'll go get another degree or something like that. But I realized that what I love about going back to school is something that I can, you know, capture and pursue whether or not I'm actually enrolled in an academic program. And actually, um, many of the frustrations that I feel like I would have with 
academia at the moment uh, I can avoid by sort of pursuing it on my own. So I thought today we would ruminate a little bit about how to um, how to get that back to school energy going on uh, as an adult, and um, you know how to how to harness that that feeling of possibility and um, focus that that is the best part of a new school year. And I thought I would especially focus in on how they do it at Oxford, um, just because Oxford is the most wonderful, literary, uh, fantastic town. It's, uh, Chris and I always say it's the only city probably other than Edinburgh that I could actually picture myself li- living in, otherwise it's the countryside for me. Um, we spent a term there uh, when we were juniors in college, and um, and it was it was so much fun. It was it was it was life changing in so many ways. It was one of my first encounters with Catholicism in a lived, real way. Going to the oratory there is just absolutely stunning. Meeting friends who are Catholic and uh, taking a course on the Inklings, the famous literary group, um, including C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, and uh, going to the Eagle and Child, or the Bird and Baby, as C.S. Lewis would t- refer to it as, and uh, wandering Christchurch meadows and Maudlin College and walking across the bridge and under the Bridge of Sighs and, you know, th- this, uh, this, this romantic, wonderful city that we got to live in for, for this amazing term abroad. We, at Chris and I actually did a whole episode reminiscing about it. You can go back in the archives. I'll put a link to it in the show note if you want to learn more about our time in Oxford. But what made me think of it is uh, just sort of just how wonderful uh, Oxford is, but uh, how unique their tutorial system is there. Uh, so instead of, you you do have um, sort of the traditional setup. Of course, it depends on the program you're in, if you're a graduate student or undergrad or studying abroad as we were, but we had the traditional tutorial system while we were there, which um, means that we would meet one-on-one with a professor once a week and um, we would be given reading material, a lot of reading material, uh, often reading three or four books a week for one class. And um, then you would write uh, write a paper on it and then you would read it. The traditional way was that you would go to go to class and read it out loud to your tutor. Um, uh, but most of, most of the time, at least for my professors, they would have uh, have me email it to them beforehand so that they could have read it, and then we would read sections out loud and discuss it and sort of discuss the major points that I brought up. So the idea of this um, was, of course, to sort of get you reading and writing a lot. Um, you know, the, the essays weren't expected to be perfect, though they were expected to be well-written and well-researched and cite- cited correctly and all those things. Um, but it was really to to get you really, really engaged in what you were reading. And I realized that I've kind of carried out that way of learning um, throughout my life now because that's sort of what I do with Born of Wonder. That's what I'm doing on Substack. That's what I did with the blog is that uh, I sort of encounter ideas and books and films and uh, just life generally and then I tend to write about it and I really credit Oxford with giving me the ability to write very quickly and to formulate ideas in that way. So that was really, really valuable in that in, in that way. So I wanted to sort of put that out there as an idea for you is to think of, uh, you know, pursuing your interest in a tutorial format. Um, this can mean, uh, you know, with a friend or a group of friends, you know, doing sort of a book club style thing or whatever. But I do think it's really important to have sort of an outlet 
for our um, for our reading and our learning uh, and you know maybe write an essay about it I know it's crazy but I like like it's fun for me to write an essay and I'm guessing you know a lot of listeners share a lot in common with me and for some of you that might be fun as well it's a way to process what you are learning um, and maybe with your spouse or your friend you know you send them, I mean just send them an email with some and I some ideas about what you've been reading and if you've been reading the same thing then you can exchange those thoughts or you know maybe they've read something different they want to but it has certain themes they want to bring up but just sort of getting out of your head just uh whether whether again through writing or talking with somebody about it um just that process of it not just staying in 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 your head alone but having an outward manifestation can be first of all very satisfying because then you have sort of a culmination of that learning reading experience uh, and it also helps you process I realize many 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 times while I'm writing there are things that I don't learn about what I thought about something until I've written it down I, I'm I'm learning as I'm writing and I'm making realizations and having epiphanies and all these things um, that I would have never had if I never uh, you know took the proverbial pen to paper so I think that that can be a really interesting system the other thing that made me think of Oxford is that when I was originally thinking of what episode to do this week I was thinking about doing something about St. Michael because uh, the the first term at Oxford is called Michaelmas and it's named for St. Michael the Archangel uh, and the Feast of the Archangels is on September 29th and that's um, when the, officially uh, the date for Michaelmas term starts so the other thing to keep in mind about Oxford is that September uh, you aren't really enrolled yet you um, for the most part again different programs different policies but e- yeah you your classes haven't started yet so in our case for our study to study abroad program we still arrived you know um, in late August and we had the whole month of September before our classes started and because of this program we were a part of we had this sort of whirlwind tour going on of all these amazing amazing churches and we did the history of cathedrals and towns in the area and it was it was beautiful. It was overwhelming. I barely remember anything because it was so much information and so many visits and travel and things like that. But I think that that can also be useful is that September, you know, as I've said, begrudgingly, we are not quite in that fall weather. And to feel properly student-like, I really need a sweater on and boots and things like that. So we're not there yet. So September can be a little bit of a transitional time um, as we get into our our school year energy. So I think that that's helpful too, that, that Oxford model of September being a time when you get settled in, you go and get your books, you sort of look at your what curriculum you're going to be doing, what what your your course lists are, your your cla- what 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 books you need for your classes, and there's also of course Freshers Week, um, which is the week before term starts when you um, have all sorts of orientation activities and things like that. This is if you're just starting uh, starting out at Oxford, and there's a great um, a, a great tradition um, where all the Oxford clubs come out for the Freshers Fair and sort of pitch their clubs, and this was so interesting uh, for us as uh, study abroad students uh, because there are over 200 clubs at Oxford so there's a lot to choose from and we had friends do some really interesting ones there was and we sort of popped in and out of some of them you know we didn't go to all of them but there was the archery club we went to the um, the Oxford Ballroom Dance Society we went to some of their (laughs) events Um, the one we really got into was the Oxford Wine Tasting Society had an absolute blast doing that partially because we Americans were the ones 
who actually drank the wine. Can you believe they would actually spit it out? So we had all kinds of interesting things to say about the wine after about, you know, six glasses of it. <laughs> um, but in all honesty, we actually did learn quite a bit about wine. <laughs> um, but this is so fun too, right? It's to think about joining things, about what you can join up with. And this is also something I wanted to throw out for you is that maybe maybe you are going to look into joining a book club or or joining some other kind of club for the you know to just sort of give yourself a little more structure and something new to look forward to in this new season uh, as part of your school year energy. But there are, you know, things like the Well-Read Mom Club. Um, and this does cost some money, but it's, I think it's quite reasonable. And they send you all kinds of materials and things like that. But they have a whole book list, um, you know, for, for each each month um, is a different book. And they, they do great selections, like really, really great across all kinds of genres. And uh, you can look up in your area if there's a local um, well-read mom group to join, um, or you can start one yourself, or I have never, I haven't had the time to join one, but it's still fun to follow along as you can uh, with their guided, um, you know, their, their, their curriculum, their, the list of books they put out, because uh, there are plenty of people, I guarantee you, um, if you're sort of in the circles I am online that are reading these books and you'll find people to talk about them with. Um, but in any case, it's nice to have a curriculum. It's nice to be given a course, you know, at like remember in college, you'd get your course list, you'd pick your courses and you'd get your list of books. Like there's something so exciting about that. So it's the same sort of excitement when you join something like Well-Read Mom and they send you a list of books. Uh, it's that same feeling. Um, my friend Joanna sent me a really interesting um, interesting seminar that's going to be going on Monday evenings on Zoom all through October. This is great. Look, it's Dying Well to Live Well, Explorations from Tolstoy to Tolkien, Akempis to Bellarmine. Oh my goodness, did I say that right? Um, in any case, you're going to be reading Tolstoy, you're going to be reading Tolkien, you're going to be reading um, devotional manuals, um, all about getting ready for uh, for death. So this is great memento mori reading, right, for the month of October. And so you can join up with that. Um, I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, that That's fascinating. So you can, and there are all kinds of things like this, like that's just two examples, but you could look up, um, you know, book club seminars. Uh, this particular Dying Well one is through the Institute. Um, there are many, many programs doing things like this. I, I will try to maybe look up a few more and put them in the show notes. But uh, this can be a really fun way of sort of having a, a little bit of a, some, some student life for you um, when you're outside, uh, when you're beyond, uh, <laughs> beyond um, your academic career, right? So uh, I love that idea. So again, thinking of a, the model of Oxford here of September as being your time to uh, explore and join up in clubs and um, all kinds of things like that and just get prepared for Michaelmas term. Uh, so like I said, I was thinking about doing something about St. Michael. Um, St. Michael is just, you know, amazing. Uh, you know, he's the he's the one who's who's doing battle with uh, with Satan at the end of the world, right? And he appears all kinds of interesting times throughout the Bible. He was also the primary angel who appeared to St. Joan of Arc. So um, all kinds of interesting stories about St. Michael. But in any case, just thinking here about Michaelmas is there's all kinds of really fun feast day traditions um, that you can do for Michaelmas. I'm going to take here from Haley Stewart's old blog, Carrots for Michaelmas. Um, 
some ideas that you could add here as you maybe you're starting your quote unquote school year, uh, want to start your Michaelmas term right. So uh, you could you could do some traditional autumnal foods. Um, so carrots are a very traditional uh, Michaelmas. Uh, item to have out. According to a Scottish custom, women would harvest wild carrots on Michaelmas by digging triangular holes with a three-pronged mattock, and those holes would represent St. Michael's shield and his trident. So that's pretty interesting. I'm going to put a link here to uh, Haley's blog post all about it because she gives some good recipes, including some whiskey-glazed carrots. So that sounds pretty amazing. It has whiskey, butter, and brown sugar in it. That sounds delicious. Um, Another traditional food is St. Michael's bannock a simple sweet bread uh, that's good you, goose uh, and or turkeys and chickens um, can be used as well speaking of goose I thought this was really funny um, in Milton County Pennsylvania Michaelmas has been observed since 1786 as goose day uh, local tradition holds that eating goose on September 29th will bring prosperity so there you go uh, this good luck goose connection comes from Queen Elizabeth I who is said to be eating goose on Michaelmas in 1588 when she received news that her Royal Navy defeated the Spanish Armada. So there you go. Bring a little good luck. Have some goose. Uh, That's that's a pretty unique item to have. So um, also blackberries. Uh, There's a legend concerning Lucifer falling into a blackberry bush after being expelled from heaven by St. Michael and spitting on the blackberries to make them bitter so that they cannot be picked after Michaelmas. An Irish proverb goes, on Michaelmas Day, the devil puts his foot on the blackberries. Oh, this is going to be very upsetting to Jojo. She's become very enamored with blackberries recently, so I have to let her know. It's only till Michaelmas because after that, uh, the devil made them bitter. So no more, you know, no more white after Labor Day, no more blackberries after Michaelmas. Um, The aster flower, also known as the Michaelmas daisy, uh, is in season in North America at the end of September. And that can be something to decorate your table with. so that can all be made for a wonderful Michaelmas feast to start your uh, your academic year, your your new new year school year start. So these are all just sort of some some ideas that I had to sort of give you that that new new school year energy, which I think that we can all harness and maybe get yourself a new notebook. You know, it doesn't have to be anything fancy, but there's something really inviting and encouraging about a a book of blank pages, right? That you can just sort of place on your on your desk and it can have uh you know all that possibility maybe maybe to take notes uh with with this new whatever book curriculum you end up going with if you end up going with one i have a favorite pen that i'm going to recommend um it's the micron 08 archival ink i'm going to put a link to that in the show notes makes all the difference to be writing with a good pen doesn't it so all these things, a new pen, a new notebook, a new list of books, uh, you know, go on thrift books or go to the library. And uh, I think that we can all sort of capture that new school year energy. So also watching Gilmore Girls. I mean, that, you know, I realized that that like it's it's Rory going back to school. That is one of my favorite parts of the show. I just love love school. <laughs> I love the idea of it. So um, if not in practice all the time, but uh, you know, and like the sweaters and the coffee and the pumpkins and the boots and all those good things. So um, I'm actually going to play you out uh, a song from, uh, from you'll, you'll recognize it if you're a Gilmore Girls fan. Um, it's Reflecting Light by Sam Phillips. It's the song that plays when Luke and Lorelai dance at the Ren- Renaissance-themed wedding of Liz and TJ. So uh, that, that's uh, where that comes from. And it comes from a great playlist called Gilmore Girls But Fall. 
uh, which just sort of captures all the Gilmore Girls mood. It's some of it is actually from the show. Uh, some of it is just sort of inspired by it, um, but it has just the right mood and energy. And I'll put a link to that playlist in the show notes as well. So I'm wishing you, uh, you know, all good things, sharpened pencils and uh, a fresh new start and a happy actual school year. If you have kids returning to school or maybe you yourself are a student, I'm wishing you a very um, fun, productive, uh, enlightening school year ahead. And uh, I just want to encourage you to head on over to Substack. I have uh, a new series there for paid subscribers where I'm giving book recommendations on a wide variety of themes and genres, uh, at least once a month, probably more than once a month. I have some new essays coming out. Um, I've, I've had at least one or two essays coming out a week for the past few months. So um, really, really been enjoying with connecting folks on connecting with folks on there. So really would encourage you to head on over. Um, you can also uh, support me on Patreon for $2 a month. Um, I, I don't really add anything to Patreon. Every now and then I will um, put out, you know, some some posts just for for Patreon subscribers and I will send you a handwritten letter if you sign up. Um, Just make sure you send me your your address if you would like one. I would love to write you a letter. Um, But I wanted to keep Patreon up because a few people, you know, said that the $5 a month paid option on Substack, you know, that was like a little bit steep and I get that. it's the lowest option you can do on Substack. So if you'd still sort of, I sort of see Patreon as like sort of just like a little tip jar, a little coffee funding um, for the month. Um, That's very, very helpful and appreciated. So I so appreciate you Patreon members as well. Um, And like I said, Substack, you can subscribe for just totally for free, but there is a paid option and I'm trying to put out more um, you know, content for paid subscribers as well, um, including I did a sound escape uh, on the Lady of Shalott, uh, which is r- really, really fun. That is a great autumn poem. So um, I would look that up uh, if you would like some, like, add that to your to your curriculum for them, for, for your, your new student studies. So, all right, I am wishing you well, and uh, let's hope this heat is short, short-lived, and I will be back with you next week. All right, I'm Katie Marquette, and you've been listening to Born of Wonder. Now that I've worn out, I've worn out the world I'm on my knees in fascination Looking through the night And the moon's never seen me I rode the pain down, got off and looked up, looked into your eyes, the lost open windows all around, my dark heart lit up the sky.
And here there is something more than just a transient experience. It's about uh, being. It's about the things that matter to me. It's about the white spaces between the paragraphs. Then God said, let there be light. It's a mistake you always made, Doc, trying to love a wild thing. 